This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. We've been uh, teaching on the subject of the integrity of God's Word, really the integrity of God, the integrity of His own character, um, and the integrity of His Word, meaning His Word can be trusted. Now this is really, really important because the Word shows us, and we've taken some time to get into the integrity of God's Word, and you can uh, write in for the um, CD version of, uh, of what we shared, which we'll go into better detail than what you've heard uh, through uh, this broadcast. Um, but it tells us about his integrity because he wants us to come to him. He wants us to trust him. So we've looked at just a few examples of the integrity of God and, and proven his track record, his reference, if you will, showing that he can be trusted because he wants us to come to him. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 we're told, or the word says this, but without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So now our faith is tied to our understanding of the integrity of God. You don't go to someone you don't trust, or you don't entrust much of your life to an individual you have very little trust and confidence in. Similarly, God gave us his word and gave us example after example of his trustworthiness so we would put our trust in him and our confidence in him. So I should say this in, in, in wrapping this part up here. So see, our response um, to this message should be, find out what God says in his word. See, is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, that diligently you trust in him, you're reaching out to him, you want to find out what he has to say. His words mean everything to you. you, you so make, make it a commitment of your heart. Who is this God I'm serving? What is his character? What is his nature? What, is, what has he said relative to my life? The more you know of his word and his character, the more you trust him. But don't stop there. Begin to look at his promises. What has he said? Feed on those promises. That's why Jesus said, Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, what I want to share with you is this. God's provided uh, things by which we're able to develop in, in the goodness of God. Now you notice we said uh, the last time I believe we, we, we shared, we talked about Moses experiencing the favor of God by understanding the character of God. He understood God was going to be with him and accompany him in, in, this, in the great assignment that was given to him. Why? Because of God's character. God was going to do what he said. God was going to go with him because it would be in fulfillment of what he said previously to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not going to rescind. He's not going to go back. He's not going to relent and repent on what he said. He's going to always do what he says. 
So that's why knowing his promises, what does he say, getting into the book, it's really important for you, not just by what someone tells you what the word says, but what does the word actually say? It says about the Berean Christians, when Paul preached to them, they went, they were so thrilled about what they were hearing. They went to Oban, they found out, and they looked and digged in the scriptures to find out that that's what it really said. I mean, they were so thrilled to hear the word of God. So build your desire for God's word. Get passionate about God's word. Don't, you know, some people are so passionate about sports and that's wonderful. I, I look at some sports activities. But the thing is this, if you can be excited about a hockey game, about a football game, how much more the living word of God. Notice Jesus said, live by that. Get passionate about understanding God's word, his promises, his principles, and get them in your heart and mind so you can live the way he really wants you to live. And, and by so doing, experience the high life, the quality of life he has for you, which you can't have any other way apart from feeding on his word. Now, I want to get to this because I talked a bit about favor. In fact, the Bible talks a number of things about favor. And when we talk about favor, God said to, to Moses, I'm going to, I will show you my favor or my grace. And that word favor means my approval, my permission, my support, my aid, my assistance, my privilege. In other words, I'm going to do things for you. I'm going to be with you to do all of this, my preferential treatment. I'm going to do all of this for you. In First um, Samuel 2, verse 26, talks about God showing favor to Samuel, that he increased in stature and favor with God and man. In Psalms uh, 5, verse 12, it tells us, The Lord will surround you with favor like a shield. In Proverbs 3, verse 4, it says, So shall you find favor and good success in the sight of of God and man. So we see there, that's about three or four scriptures here, that God has promised favor to his people who seek him and depend upon him and his word. In the um, New Testament, Acts chapter 2 verse 47, it says that the New Testament church, it says, praising God and having favor with all the people. See, God was giving his people favor, not only with him, but in the people amongst which they lived. So God has favor for you today. He wants you to know and be and trust in his aid, assistance, his support. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're dealing with, let's say with your children, on the job, whatever, he wants you to know I'm with you. I'm never leaving you. You can attack that situation. You can approach that situation knowing I'm with you. I'm with you to help you to bring the right solution to the situation you're facing right now. The things you have to address, the things you've got to overcome, the challenges, difficulties. Listen, God's trying to say to you today, listen, I'm with you. Will you depend upon me? I said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I said, I'll, you'll find favor and good success. Whatever that agreement, that contract you're looking at signing or, or committing to, God has promised to give you the wisdom to know what to do. If you're supposed to back away from that situation, you'll know what to do. Why? Because you're depending on him. You're depending upon him who said, I'm not leaving you. I'm right with you. I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to teach you. Psalms 32 verse 8, in the way you should go. I'm going to guide you with my eye. See, that's the kind of support God wants you to have great confidence in his assistance, in his support, in his wisdom, in his guidance, because he said that's part of his, that's part of his commitment to you and I. Now, some things I want to share with you, uh, a couple of things that will help us to cooperate 
with God's favor, to cooperate with his assistance and support in our lives because he wants to increase us in many things. He wants us to grow and develop in favor, in his support, in his aid and assistance. But oftentimes we, we don't do things that, are, that is cooperative with his best for our lives. So I want to bring your attention to this important scripture. So um, Luke chapter 2 verse 52 says this, uh, talking about Jesus, that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So people got to like him. People were helping him. He got the support both of God and man. He, God showed him his approval, his permission. So he increased in that. Didn't just stay the same as 12 years old, but as he got older, he increased in favor, preferential treatment, in the aid, the assistance, the support, permission, the approval of God. All of that started working in his life and was increasing, we could say exponentially, as he got older. But the background to that is this, or the context we should look at, is verse 40 and you'll, you'll see some things here that's really important it says this and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit filled with wisdom and the grace of god was upon him now his parents went to jerusalem every year at the feast of the passover and when he was 12 years old they went up to jerusalem after the custom of the feast and when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went today's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And they turned, found him not. They turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you thus dealt with us? Behold, your father and I have sought you sorrowing. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Wist you not, or don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them, and came to Nazareth, and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom, and stature, and in favor with God and man. Now, it's, it's important that not just to take that last verse out of its context, but see it and read it and understand it in its context. So we see here that Jesus, every year they went through the Jewish Passover and they celebrated, did certain things according to, to Jewish law. And at this particular time when he was 12 years old, they went, but G, they went in a company of things. When we were growing up, for example, We'd go to places like Blackpool um, and Southampton uh, in England and some places where, which had a beach. And sometimes you wouldn't just go with your own immediate family, but you'd go with a couple, a number of families who were with you. So we'd rent a, a large uh, coach. And so sometimes it could be 30, 40 people or more in that company, if you will. So that's what they're talking about. There's a caravan of people here with Joseph. And so their extended family went with them. So, you know, in our experience, we went back and we'd bring back rock candy and candy apples. You know, a whole lot of fun we had with other families. You brought a lot of food with you. And so you had a great time. And then sometimes those were full day journeys or half day journey and then you'd come back home of course you'd be really tired and whipped and all that but you had a great time nonetheless so what i'm saying is that they came they were like a family extended family and so they thought Joseph, uh, um, jesus was with them 
but they got back home and they find out it's not. Can you imagine how in a state of frantic, frantic and really panic they were? Because they said, sorry, Muslim, we thought they thought they lost Jesus. They wondered what happened to him. Um, we're going to lose him. We're not going to see him again. So there's, there's some real, um, maybe a harrowing experience here, really challenging. But when they um, came to him, he said, I must be about my father's business. Now, to walk in the favor of God on the measure of favor that you need to walk in today, the question that I have for you today is this, are you about your father's business? Are you doing what he said you must do? Are you committed to doing what, you, what, he's, what his will is for your life? And we see a few things. Jesus said this, and he said it in John chapter 4, verse 34, says it in Luke 6, 38. says, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me says, my meat is to do the will of my Father in heaven and to finish it. Now think about it, at 12 years of age, here's a young man saying, saying to his own mother, don't you know I must be about my father's business? So at that time, he was already developing, cultivating a real passion for the will of God for his life. What was supreme in his heart and mind, what was supreme in his development, is pursuing the will of God for his life. Now when you're sincere with God, as you reach out to him, he will speak to your heart. Sometimes he'll speak to your heart even without you even seeking him. But when he does speak to your heart, you must respond to that. See, Jesus very early was responding to the promptings of his heavenly Father and the will of God and developing his heart to do the Father's will. That's why he said, I must be about my father's business. I must be about it. I'm doing, I'm in his will, I'm pursuing that. Now you see a couple things here. You see that Jesus said this, or, or the word says this, he went back with them and submitted them, himself to them. Now what's important to walk in, in the favor, again the support, the preferential treatment, the favor, the approval of, of, our, of God, our Heavenly Father, and experience his best in our lives. You must be submitted to the people and places he's called you to submit to. Now we see here he submitted to parental authority. Now one of the things that's hurt in the lives of many young people today is this, is the lack of submission to parental authority. So Jesus here, knowing who he is, he's got tremendous wisdom at this age, but he still submitted himself to his parents to his stepfather Joseph and to his mother Mary. Now we must, as people God has placed in our lives, and we need to learn to submit to them. It means submitting to them for, the, for our benefit. Submission is for your benefit. Submission is so that you can, you're in the place where you're teachable. You're willing to learn. You're willing to learn how to do things. Now you realize not, someone cannot teach you something if you're not willing to learn. Someone goes to school and they don't have the right heart, the heart of submission and obedience, they're not going to be teachable. So parents, it's, in, it's incumbent upon you have a responsibility to teach your children, to train your children. Proverbs 20, 22, 6 says, train your child in the way they should go. You're responsible for training your child and one of those is training them to be obedient. Obedient to your words, obedient to your voice obedient. Why? If you don't teach them and train them and compel them to be obedient, then what will happen is this, then oftentimes it won't be until they face the judgment of the law and law enforcement officials that makes them obedient. And sometimes that's a little too late. 
So see Jesus here, again, one of the keys to walking in favor of God is goodness. He's, he submitted himself to parental authority. Also, they're submitting to the place you, where you work. Are you having the right attitude towards your manager, towards your supervisor, towards your superior? So having the right attitude is really important. Now, another thing I'm going to get into is this. So again, parental authority, um, your work authority, people who God has placed in your life to teach and help you to develop and grow in the area of your call and gifting. But there's another thing we see here, and I want us to touch on this. In Luke chapter 4, it says this. Verse 14, Luke 4, 14, he returned from in the spirit, in the power of the spirit to Galilee, and they went out of fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Notice that. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, it says here he had a custom. In his hometown, what was his custom? He was always regularly consistent in the temple. That was the church of his day. But he wasn't just in, in his temple every week. Oh, as their custom was, he had a job. What was his job? We see right here. He had the responsibility of reading scripture. He had some kind of stewardship over, over God's word. It says what there was delivered to him, the book of the prophet Isaiah. He had a job. Now the thing is this, what I want to get into you this, is that in order to um, experience the favor of God, you must follow the example of Jesus who was found in the temple consistently and regularly. He was found there because that's the place where he was consistently hearing and feeding on God's word. Yes, he had his own responsible to be devoted to God in his own quiet time, but he was part of that corporate setting where he was being fed God's word through the priests and through the leadership of, 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 of that association, if you will. And so you and I, I'm asking the question, are you pursuing your father's business? And part of that is this, are you in his house? Have, have you identified and you, God, if God has spoken to you about the pastor is assigned to you, are you faithful in listening and receiving the authority of that pastor over your life? And are you there regularly when he, he and or she is ministering God's word? Are you there to receive God's word for your life and benefit? See, that's part of what Jesus had developed very strong in his life. He was committed to his father's business. I'm telling you, there's no strong, there's nothing more important on this planet than your commitment to your part in the body of Christ, in the place where he has assigned you for your growth, for your development, for your enrichment. You'll never fulfill God's best if you're not in his house, if you're not where he's placed and assigned you. Don't make light of that. Be committed to that pastor. This week, get into the house of God that he's assigned you to. Get, do, not just, but don't just go there, do the job he's assigned you to. If you're supposed to be an usher, be the very best. If you're the one who keeps the, that, that building clean, do it the very best. If you're a worshiper, 
worship the very best. If you're in administration, whether you're paid staff or volunteer, give your very best to our Father's business. Let your pastor know how much you appreciate his ministry and let him know by the way you listen to that word and obey that word that you're taking it to heart. I'm telling you, that is gonna produce more favor in your life than, you, than you've ever dreamed or imagined. Why? Because you're doing your Father's business. So again, submit to the parental authority. Submit to those that God's placed over your life. Get into God's church regular, the local church he's assigned you to. Submit to that pastor. Allow him to teach and feed you the word of God and grow in the things of God and you'll experience the favor of God and do the job he's assigned you to do to help that pastor and local church fulfill the plan of God for that area and that community. And you will experience the favor of God because he said, so shall you find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And I'm thrilled for you today that as you hear this word today and obey it, you will see the favor of God. It's God's will to heal you because sickness does not come from God. It comes from Satan. It comes from the devil. How do we know it? Because God's word says so. And remember, we're talking about the integrity of God. If God said so, and if he was the one causing sickness and disease, it would mean he's a liar. It means we couldn't trust his integrity. We couldn't trust what he said. But if we can find that he said so, then we can trust what he said. Now he said, how do we know that sickness doesn't come from God? How do we know that it comes from the devil? Because he said so. Where? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So we see here, Jesus is the healer, Satan is the oppressor. Never mix up the two. Again, Jesus is the healer, Satan is the oppressor. He's the one who oppresses with sickness and disease and maladies. So we know that's where it comes from. So we can take God at his word and believe what his word says. Now I want to point your attention to another one in Luke chapter 13, verse 16. I just love that one. See, so it's so clear that Satan is the oppressor. Jesus is the healer. And God anointed Jesus. If it was God's will, to cause sickness and disease, why would he have anointed Jesus with, with Holy Spirit power to destroy sickness and disease? Why would he have done that? No, because he loves us and he doesn't want us in sickness and disease. So he gave Jesus power. Now think about this. We don't call, we don't call the um, doctors and, and wonderful medical professions and hospitals. Do we call that the work of Satan? Do we call that bad works? No, we say that's a good work. So, so again, don't mix up the two. If we can attribute that our, our wonderful doctors and, and medical professions are doing a good job, then we can't mix up the two. Now look at this one. It says here in Luke chapter 13, verse 16, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. This woman was bowed down. She had like arthritis in her back and was bent over. And Jesus said she was bound. Satan was the one who bound this woman. See, so Jesus knew where this sickness came from. Now, finally, in... Um, 
in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, He that commits sin is of the devil. So sin comes from the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now we say all this to say this, since sickness and disease comes from the devil, not God, it's not God's will for your life. You need to resist the devil, as James tells us, and he will flee from you. Instead of succumbing to and playing soft and just yielding to that, you need to stand up strong and say, God, I believe you. I believe your word. Begin to say that. I don't believe that this sickness came from you. Satan tried to put, he put this on me. And I'm standing up. I'm resisting that now in the name of Jesus. And I'm taking the healing that Jesus purchased for me. I receive him as my healer. You need to do that right now. Receive Jesus as your healer and resist the devil. Tell him, no, take that sickness. I'm not taking it. Leave my body now in Jesus' name. If you're in the Toronto or Greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services, Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged, and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word, as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing you. Hi, my name is uh, Grace. I'm a member here at uh, Foundation for Life Ch Foundation Church. I thank God for the gift of uh, this congregation here. Uh, it says in uh, Jeremiah uh, 23 and then uh, Ephesians chapter 4 that the Lord will give us leaders, He will give us pastors. For the longest time I, I didn't know what that meant until I, I joined this congregation and listened to a message by Pastor Carl called The Gift of the Pastor. From then on, my life has been changed. I've been able to receive from Him as the Lord meant for it to be. It tells us in Ephesians 4 that he, gives those, he gave those men those gifts that they would prepare us and that we would grow up and mature into to be Christ-like. And that is my experience uh, having come here. I thank God that uh, throughout every area of my life, my work, uh, my family, relationships, I see a great change. Things are coming into line with what uh, God wants them to be. And I would encourage you that if you're in a place where you're looking to join a congregation, that this could be it for you. Uh, to show that uh, an example that I have of how God, when God joins you to, to the pastor that he has called you to be and, and how he puts you in, in, uh, in, synch in, in sync with them. While I was away for holiday recently, it came into my heart that I should write down my prayers and make a list of the things that I wanted for the year 2006. I was uh, all the way in Africa for my holidays. Pastor Carl was here. Uh, I remember when I came back later on in the new year, one of the things he talked about was, he, he mentioned the phrase, I remember I told you last year that you should write down your prayer request. And I'm thinking, well, I wasn't here, but I do remember that. And later on, I went and listened to a message that he had preached uh, the Sunday after I'd left. And it's just like what the Lord told me. It's amazing when you start to experience things like that and God starts to show you that uh, this is the right place for you. And that He, through, through the leaders that He has given you, through the, the pastor that He has given you, whose, whose heart is 
for God that they will care for you and help you to grow up. It's a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.